The content provided in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as financial advice. We are not making recommendations, nor are we providing financial analysis of any kind. We are self-proclaimed morons and should not be trusted with your investments. Always conduct your own research and consult with a qualified financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Gamblers from Chocolate Town, Pennsylvania. I am George Howell. And from Wally World, Pennsylvania, I am Chris Carbonara. Welcome what is everybody. going on? What's going on? Well, I don't know. I got some uh, got some interesting news over the weekend. I took my car in to get looked at uh, for the uh, starter. And the AC has I'm not a fan of cars either. right now. Not a fan at all. No. So I bring my car in, and my mechanic says those words you never ever want to hear. He said. Wow, I never saw anything like that before. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, your starter's fine. I said, okay. He said, but your air conditioner compressor burst. I said, what do you mean? He goes, what? it burst. I said, that's what I said. What? He showed me a picture of it. I was like, there was a big, big hole in the side of it, right? Wow. I, said, I had never heard of that. And that's what's causing the starter to, because they're all, it's all the power, it's all connected. I said, well, what if I just take the fuse out and disconnect it? Nope, it's all interconnected. So now I got to get, and I knew I had to get the air conditioner replaced, but now we're looking at like a two or $3,000, well, it's Volvo, so you know. So I'm no, thinking well, of going, yeah. I'm thinking of going aftermarket and trying to find a guy who'll just put it in for me instead of, because um, I looked at aftermarket parts for a compressor around 300 the actual Volvo compressor is 7.99, so I'm going with the 300. That is absolutely crazy. That it just burst. That's like, that's about as weird as how my we took my wife's car in for inspection before it got wrecked. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Better uh, do it before than after, sure. <laughs> right. So um, they uh, they said there's a ra- there's a rat's nest in the engine. <laughs> <laughs> and she's driving around with it. It's like, how are there? How's there a rat's nest when the, you know, she's driving the car? I imagine but, them um, poking her heads out of like the vents, beep boop, just popping up everywhere. You're like whack a mole <laughs> while she's driving, and she's trying to right. whack him with like a magazine or something. That would be awesome. But, Other than uh, that, yeah. The uh, the big tip I have for anyone is if you have a uh, car accident of any kind, and it is a uh, a uh, you know privately owned car in a privately owned area and no reason to get the insurance company involved and you do not intend to get the insurance company involved do not call do not call the insurance company and ask them questions about deductibles or anything else <sighs> because they start a claim <laughs> yeah I, I didn't think they could do that yeah the claim oh don't worry the claim just falls off in a week it, it's just in case <laughs> Well, I've, I've actually talked to insurance companies previously with other issues, and I've said, hey, listen, this happened. Is it better to file a claim or not file a claim? And if we talk about it, go, nah, I wouldn't file a claim if I were you. And that was it. Oh, yeah. 
Now they just type a bunch of notes on your file. You get a notification on your your insurance uh, app that you know claim has begun on blah blah blah, and you call them back and go, I I didn't file a claim. Oh yeah, but you know you called us and this and that. It's not going to affect your rates at all, but. You know, just in case you call back within the next week, it, it will fall off. Don't even worry about it. So we put a claim in just in case you want to put a claim in. Right. Yeah. We, we just want documentation in case, uh, you know, two weeks from now you decide to set your car on fire and leave it abandoned I, along the side of the road. Okay. <laughs> I never heard that. That's that's almost as good as my burst compressor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the insurance company is the enemy. Unless you're yeah. going to try and suck money out from them, they are the enemy. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I also did some recording this weekend. And again, as everything in my life is um, complicated, I get a call from a bass player friend of mine who is amazing, one of the best bass players I ever saw. Turned out I was in a band with him in the 90s, been friends with him ever since, keep in touch with him. Turns out he's 73 years old. I had no idea he was that old. Right? Wow. Right. This is the guy I mentioned. He played with Patti LaBelle. He played with the Intruders. He was a roadie. For Sly and the Family Stone, he was at Woodstock. I didn't know that. I knew he was a roadie for Sly, but I didn't know he flew in on the helicopter with him. So it was a really cool recording session. But Is because, it Phil Lesh? No. <laughs> <laughs> but because he is a fantastic multi-instrument musician, he called me. I want to cover a blah, blah, blah sting song. I said, okay, fine. I assumed he meant vocals. So I show up. He's like, where's your guitar? I'm like, guitar? <laughs> yeah, I needed you to do guitar on this. I'm like... Well, you're a good guitarist. He's yeah, but I can't play and record at the same time, so I need you to do it. I was like, <laughs> so I ended up using his Fender. I ended up using his Strat. It sounded amazing. It was really cool. It sounded great. We cut a couple. We cut a rhythm track. Only took about three or four takes. Then I did a lead track over it. Nice. And then we just, you know, BS the rest of the way. Now, one of his best friends used to be David Bowie's bass player, right? Uh, Carmine Rojas. And it's funny because I knew of Carmine Rojas before I met him. So when he started dropping his name, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. So I know you're not bullshitting me, right? So then he's like, oh, yeah, see this effects pedal right here? I'm like, yeah. It was like a phase shifter or something dumb like it. He goes, that was used on Let's Dance. Carmine gave it to me. I'm like, can I touch it? So I'm wow, sitting there, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> touching, the, touching the effects pedal that was used on Let's Dance, thinking like it's a real celebrity or anything. But uh, so I'm going to go back and I'm going to double my parts with the actual acoustic because that's what he wanted, a nice kind of acoustic sound. And of course, I screwed him by not showing up with my guitar. But <laughs> that was my exciting weekend. Was, but he's a great guy, incredible musician, lots of stories. Let's, oh, my God. Was Let's Dance one of the um, the songs that was recorded in Philly? I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, no, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe not, because Stevie Ray Vaughan actually played on that, too. He, he did the okay. um, lead guitar on it. I think his Philly stuff was earlier, like in the 70s, because when he was looking to record in Philly, he went to, somebody from his agency went to my father-in-law to rent a, an apartment. Oh, my wow. father-in-law in the 70s is telling my wife, they're all little kids, somebody named Danny Bowie wants to rent an apartment <laughs> for me. He said he's a musician or something. I never heard of Danny Bowie, right? But oh, that's, that's funny. Another good dentist story. The only other thing I got going on is I watched The Killer last night on Netflix with uh, Michael Fassbach. Is that his name? Fassbacher? Fassbender? Whatever. Fassbender? Yeah. Fassbender. Decent movie. Okay. Not great. Not horrible. But his first, um, the first scene, he's um, basically, you know, stalking his 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 next victim, and he's using a WeWork office, and it was empty. Nobody in this whole WeWork <laughs> office. And I thought about the last two episodes or last show we were talking about how WeWork has gone bankrupt, and I thought it was fitting. Right. Oh, that's funny. So what's going on with you? 
Uh, not too much. I'm. Uh, it's really funny. I, I I went and I uh, I gave blood today. They had a blood drive um, at work, so they pull the uh, you know the mobile van out back, and you know everyone's loading up in this trailer and, and giving blood. And uh, I uh, I didn't know. It, it's been so long since I gave blood. I mean, first they use like the biggest needle I've ever seen. It's like <laughs> a 16 gauge needle. You know, that's for like piercings, not for, not for jabbing in your body. But, um, I, I had, had no idea that, uh, you know, low blood sugar really screws with you as much as it did. I, I didn't pass out, but I definitely got lightheaded afterward. Mm-hmm. I was eating like everything I could find with <laughs> sugar, had like hot chocolate, all that stuff, just like pounding as much sugar as I could to you know get my my blood sugar back up it was it was pretty awesome I don't get to eat a lot of junk food so <laughs> but that, that happened have before a, what's that you've given blood before it never happened before no no it must wow. just be from getting old or maybe <laughs> maybe because I changed my diet and I don't need a lot of crap blood. anymore bad blood <laughs> yeah yeah those vampires got me but uh Anyway, you want to move on to some stocks? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about something about Penn State, but okay, all right, fine, yeah. Well, we can. I, I was just going to say that I'm I'm going to the uh, Penn State Rutgers game in State oh. College uh, this weekend, so uh, nice. we'll see how uh, how that turns out. I'll follow up next week. We are Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a complete um, uh, lost weekend. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm expecting it to be crazy with the yeah. 100,000 people that will be there. And for anybody who's not familiar with Penn State, oh, go ahead. What did you want to say? No, I was say for anybody bad. not familiar with Penn State, they um their their crowds are are huge and they're and they're raucous and they're they're just insane. It's one of the best experiences you could ever have going to a Penn State game. If of course have, you really like Penn State. <laughs> I have not been there since they put the addition on. Oh, and, neither have uh, I. I guess right now I'm still technically a student, so I I don't know how that will work out. We'll go for you. To recap, U.S. stocks closed lower earlier, well, late last week, earlier this week, ending the S&P's 500 longest winning streak in two years. Then they came up again. So we are still playing the cat and mouse game uh, with the news cycles as to uh, how great we're doing or how terrible we're doing in the stock market. So uh, I don't even know why we bother continuing to report on this. Oh, I can interrupt to say U.S. stocks opened sharply higher on Tuesday as investors weighed fresh data showing inflation in October eased more than Wall Street had anticipated. The Dow Jones Industrial, I know, <laughs> the Dow Jones Industrial was up 1% soon after the opening bell, while the S&P rose 1.4%, and the Nasdaq Composite gained 1.9%, according to FactSet data at last check. It just keeps going back and forth. No one can give sound investment advice like... The only thing we can determine that we've been going over and over and over again is (laughs) no one knows what they're talking about. Everyone is just making everything up. No one can predict anything right now. And Mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, that, that's why we're here. We like to gamble on stock and that that's what we're doing. Cause we're not, we're certainly not using sound advice. Oh no, no. And and the best part is, is anything that you think is sound advice, there's something equally opposite that comes out almost simultaneously. 
Well, I don't believe that. I think we should do it this way. I don't freaking know. Moving on to stock news, despite the temptation to spend more during the holiday season, financial advisors suggest focusing on saving, especially with high prices and interest rates. With the Federal Reserve raising interest rates to a two-decade high, money spent today could have been earning more in savings accounts, certificates of deposits, or bonds, making savings more profitable. To resist the holiday spending urge, experts recommend conducting an audit of past holiday spending, grouping holiday expenses together, and having open conversations with friends and families about setting limits or foregoing marital marital gifts. Um, marital gifts. My, well, my <laughs> my wife and I do not spend money on each other for gifts. Uh, you know, we. I guess I'm just lucky with that, but we, we never buy each other like Christmas or birthday presents. We just really? like go out to a, a nice dinner or something. Um, the family thing, that's a big one. I mean, you should definitely talk to your family and say, look, you know, how much do we really want to spend? Um, mm-hmm. Just so no one goes overboard. Like, that's not just a down market thing. Like, you should have a open conversation about how much are we really going to blow because like so much Christmas spending or holiday season spending is completely needless, but... It's impulsive the, um, too. Yeah. Yeah. The, but the the advice to do an audit over, you know, previous <laughs> holiday spendings, like let Get me the receipt let book. me go through. <laughs> can, I, can I see the checkbook with all the voided checks or the uh, <laughs> the four years of credit card receipts that we have piled up? I mean, <laughs> now, dear, I know you're six and everything, but the whole Barbie thing, you know, this year, you know, we gotta let it go. No Barbie <laughs> this year. You know, we gotta we gotta you know, we gotta tighten the belts, dear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I guess all that is easy enough to, you know, get records Preach. to now that everything's digital. But, man, that, that is just funny. Conduct an audit kind of, of a, your past. It's kind of a of sobering holiday spending. It's a sobering holiday conversation, really. I mean, uh, there's a reason why I called you all into the dining room, you know. <laughs> let's all drink some eggnog, then yell at each other. <laughs> instead of spending gifts, let's just all fight like a family. Hey, family, instead of presents, dad's getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> oh, that's like every Christmas anyway. <laughs> so anyway, Hollywood's Actors Union, SAG-AFTRA, reached a tentative deal with studios to end its strike, which lasted nearly four months, making it the longest strike ever for film and television actors. Over 60,000 members of the union went on strike, which began on July 14th and coincided with a screenwriter strike that had started more than two months earlier. The terms of the agreement were not immediately released, but the strike's end will allow actors to return to movie sets and resume various industry activities. So for all you vapid people out there, we'll be making more movies again and more TV shows. I um, I mean, are, are you surprised that uh, this came around? I mean, you know, there was, there was talk about how, uh, you know, George Clooney and Scarlett Johansson and a couple other actors had to get involved with Fran Drescher to pretty much like question why they're still on strike. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm surprised how quick they came around after, um, after that, because it seemed like they were going to hold out much longer than they did. I was surprised that, that they held out as long though. I mean, I figured once oh, the other one sure. was, once the other one was resolved, that that was just going to be like, Oh, well, it's our turn now. You know, what was that? It, Two months earlier. That, that... Without knowing anything about what was going on, because everything was pretty tight-lipped, it, 
it, it did feel like they were going to fold like a table after the other two came back. Maybe that's what, the only reason why they were uh, maybe trying to you know catch them off guard or something by holding out. Be, I don't know. Right. Sleep Number Corp's stock experienced a sharp decline after the company reported a quarterly loss and predicted a full-year loss due to a drop in demand. The company faced challenges as consumer demand weakened and people became more price conscious, affecting their perceived affordability of Sleep Number's products. In response, Sleep Number initiated a cost reduction plan including laying off about 500 employees and closing up to 50 stores in an effort to reduce operating expenses by approximately $50 million next year. I'm surprised that they waited this long for it after they were have been talking about bankruptcy for as long as they have. We, we've mentioned it on right. the show before. Um, that and, man, their, their stuff is really expensive. Uh, it's expensive, uh, and it looks like it's well made. I remember sampling them, but I'll be honest with you, I really liked um, uh, Tempur-Pedic better. I mean, if you're going to spend that much money, you might as well spend it with Tempur-Pedic. But what I'm I'm shocked that they had that many stores to begin with. Out like it seems like after the pandemic, all the brick and mortar stores kind of went away. Now I've seen some sleep number stores in a mall in a little kiosk, in like a little corner kind of a thing. But to actually have stores, big storefronts. I mean, I'm surprised that they still had them. Yeah. It seems like a waste, really. You can order everything online. I know you want to try a bet out, but with the <laughs> reputation that Sleep Number has, and it's almost like um, the other Tempur-Pedic ones. Like, do you really got to try it out, or you just want to cross your fingers yeah. and spend the 5K, you know? No, I, I need to try it. If I'm a if I'm gonna spend like what, like a, you know the one the one you want is probably 10 grand. If I'm gonna spend <laughs> if I'm gonna spend a car. <laughs> Mm. On a bed, yeah, I'm, I'm trying it out. I'm sleeping in the store. Like you're gonna have, <laughs> <laughs> set me up when you're closing. I'm staying overnight, and then I'll tell you in the morning if I'm buying it or not. I have this image of you with the with the sleep cap on, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just walking around the store with your teddy bear. The the gown and yeah. the 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 little slippers, yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So it looks like Janice Henderson or Janice Henderson. Has uh, Vesters has expressed concerns about the U.S. economy's fragility, citing the significant rise in the inflation-adjusted 10-year Treasury yield, which indicates headwinds. The firm recommends prioritizing quality companies with steady cash flow as the U.S. economy enters a potentially challenging phase. Low-quality corporate bonds have not fully priced in the risks of higher interest rates, and mega-cap technology companies are better positioned to withstand economic downturns. Okay. I have no comments on that one. For regulation changes, there are actually some regulation changes coming up. Uh, Looks like the IRS has announced inflation adjustments to federal income tax brackets for 2024, with an increase of approximately 5.4% compared to the previous year. This means that some Americans will pay less in taxes due to the adjustment for inflation. The standard deduction and threshold for each tax bracket will also increase by 5.4%, providing potential tax savings for many taxpayers. Uh, I have no idea how this is really going to affect the economy or the stock market in any way, because it it seems like it just... uh, Everything just moves up with inflation. 
which means that less money goes back to the government. They'll collect less taxes than they would have normally while interest continues to rise uh, and inflation continues to go up. So I, um, I am not sure at all what this really means. Um, I, I think this mo- continues to move along with the Moody downgrade and and mm-hmm. Congress being uh, as vitriolic as they are, I don't, I don't see how this really means good news, except for you're not going to pay as much in taxes. True, true. Also, in 2024, coming up, capital gains tax rates in the U.S. will remain the same at 0% and 20%, but the income thresholds for these rates will increase by approximately 5.4% from 2023 levels. For example... Individuals with taxable income up to 47,025 can avoid capital gains taxes at the 0% rate, up from the 44,625 in a previous year. The annual gift tax exclusion will rise up to 18,000 per recipient, an, intru- an increase of nearly 5.9% from 2023. At estates worth up to 13.61 million, put your estate on sale, George, for individuals <laughs> who pass away in 2024 will be exempt from federal estate taxes up from 12.92 million in 2023. Wow. That's great. <laughs> the rich still just have to get all the breaks. So, we're going to move on to our game uh, right now on our virtual market challenge. Carvo, you're winning by cheating. It's not cheating as much as incompetence. Cheating would be willfully yeah, well- willfully trying to get an advantage. What I'm doing is just forgetting to put certain stocks on at a certain time and then putting them on later on when they go up. It's not really cheating. Uh, either way, either way, you're playing like a bastard. It's money, man. I'll shiv you for it. <laughs> even You're even cheap about fake money. <laughs> hey, I'm not cheap. I'm generous. I'm frugal. So to, to recap uh, with what happened over the past week in the game, uh, the picks that we had for Roll Them Dice were uh, what? Uh, Duke Energy, that did terrible. It came back today on Tuesday. Um, Corning didn't do so great. Um, that started coming back today. Uh, Garmin, Garmin did okay. Um what else was there? There was uh, um, VRTX. That was uh, oh, that was my pick. So um, Xerox. Xerox was the other one. That was a dog until today as well. So I I lost a ton of money because you did not put any of those into your portfolio, and I suffered all the losses. So congratulations on outsmarting me by cheating. <laughs> cheating or timely trades. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you See, prefer. I look at all the economic factors and I decided to delay my purchases by a few days. <laughs> I like that. I'm sticking with that. That brings us to Roll Them Dice, the dicey segment where we take five randomly chosen publicly traded companies and we add them to our virtual market portfolio to see how they perform. Our success comes down to the choice we make in a moment or failures. So, today, the five random companies that we will be deciding from... Got some good ones. 
we're going to start with Cisco Corporation, S-Y-S-C-O. S-Y-S-C-O, not the C-I-S-C-O. Cisco Corporations, they, uh, they're what, food distributors? Mm-hmm, I think. Cisco, kid. I say yes. <laughs> Cisco, yes. So I'm you're, going, you're yes. going yes on that? I'm going yes. And I will go yes on that as well. Micron Technology, Inc. Negative. Negato. You're going to go no. Um, I don't know who they are, but they sound important. I'm saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ross stores. You know, I love Ross, but I'm going to say no. I, I think those stores are on the way out. I agree. I, I do not believe that they, uh, they're going to go anywhere. If it were TJ Maxx, I'd go for it. Yum Brands Inc. I say yes. They 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 own a large large segment of, of our typical fast food places. Um, I don't have any in my head right now, but I know they do. <laughs> I have stock in Yum Brands. I love Young Brands. Yum Brands. Um, they are Taco Bell, KFC. Uh, what is the other one? Burger um, King in that? No. Taco Bell, KFC. Man, why can't... There's two more. They have a burger chain that I've never been to. Pizza Hut. They have Pizza Ugh. Hut. Which um, I I don't view Pizza Hut as traditionally good pizza, but I don't have anything against Pizza Hut in any way at all. I will eat their food. They're fine. Eh, they're better than Domino's, but uh, it's not pizza to me. I like, I like Domino's too, but... Pizza Hut got me when I was young. They started me with Book It. Okay. You, you read the book. You got the free personal pan pizza. Okay. Ate a bunch of them. I I don't. I won't knock it. All right. Autodesk Inc. No. You say no. I use it for work, and they're not my favorite, but uh, I do think that they are dug in like a tick in uh, <laughs> in uh, anything to do with design. So I say yes. Okay. All right. You wanna you wanna beg and plead to our uh, sure. Hello, fellow listeners. listeners. Hi, fellow listeners. How you doing? You look good today. Thank you. Uh, you're quite parched, and you could use a little pick me up, aren't you? Well, no, you're not. I'm parched, and George is parched. We could use a pick me up. Would you like to buy us a cup of coffee? If you're feeling generous, you could subscribe to our show at Patreon.com/backslash/StockGamblers. Repeat, just for the price of a cup of coffee per month. You can subscribe to patreon.com backslash stock gamblers. We're real and thirsty. We are. And now we'll check in on the experts and analyze their picks. Expert pick music. Carbo, tell me about MotleyCruel.com. Tell me about those Motley Fools. Yeah, they didn't have their uh, traditional pick this week, but they have been uh, riding Shopify's wood for a couple years now. Shopify is the IBD stock of the day, with its stock trading in a tight range after a boost from its September quarter earnings, resulting in a 78% gain in 2023. The Canada-based e-commerce software and service provider creates e-commerce website and manages digital payments and shipping. It recently introduced a new subscription plan for physical retailers, and it's set to host an analyst day on December 5th, which details about future growth and operating leverage will be discussed. 
Shopify's technical ratings are impressive with a high IBD relative strength rating of 94 and a perfect IBD composite rating of 99. The company reported strong third quarter earnings, beating analyst estimates with earnings of 24 cents per share and revenue of 1.7 billion, driven by a 22% increase in gross merchandise volume from merchant transactions. Additionally, Shopify recently sold its delivery and logistics business to Flexport, alleviating concerns about rising capital spending. The company offers various services, including ShopPay, Shopify Capital, and Shopify Plus, targeting businesses of all sizes, while its competitors include Big Commerce, BGIC. So again, Shopify is big on the radar for the Motley Cruel today. I was surprised when they got rid of their logistics. I, w- I would have thought that, that would be of more value to them than it was like uh when stone sold to sapporo um they sold all of their brewing but they spun the logistics out on their own the distribution out on their own and kept that Mm -hmm. so i i always think that has like more value than people give it like i know when uh Brooklyn Brewing Company started that they um they had to develop their own distribution company because all of the um, the big um, beer companies like Budweiser, Miller Coolers, they had all of the other distributors all tied up. Mm-hmm. So the only way they could move their product, uh, same with Sierra Nevada, was to start their own. Wow. And um, yeah, stuff like that, I, I I always wonder why they get rid of because I, I think there's more value there than they um, they always lead on. But. Moving on to Barron's, the development of self-driving cars has faced several setbacks, including safety concerns and accidents involving autonomous vehicles. While Tesla's Elon Musk has been promising fully autonomous cars since 2014, the technology is still in the experimental phase. However, companies like Mobileye Global are making progress in the autonomous driving sector, offering investors an alternative to directly betting on traditional automakers like Tesla or GM. Mobilize CEO Amnon Shousha, apologies, sees a middle ground for autonomy that makes cars safer while keeping drivers behind the wheel, and the company's technology is gaining traction in the market. So uh, Barron's goes with Mobileye, Mobileye. and um, I, it sounds like a good idea. I mean, sure. I don't know why um, why all these cars are relying on their own uh, their own autonomous driving. I thought uh, Ford had one, and then we're gov- giving it up, and then starting again. I who knows? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm it's just terrified of the whole concept. Yeah, yeah, but. People keep getting worse and worse at driving. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm at the point them. where I'm I'm willing to give it up to a computer. Well, only if I could sleep, like <laughs> lay in the back, zip myself up in a protective uh, cocoon where I wouldn't get hurt in an accident, and just sleep till it says wake up. We're here. They all drive killer cars. <laughs> Carbo, tell me about your picks. Well, George, for my first pick, I'm going with NVIDIA. NVIDIA. 
NVIDIA Corporation engages in the design and manufacture of computer graphic processors, chipsets, and related multimedia software. NVIDIA has had a strong year to date, rising 235% so far this year. They are a pricier stock, currently trading around $500 a share, but over the last five years, they're up 884%. Now, second pick. Since the competition is getting fierce, I think I need to recall one of my previous picks. I don't want George to surpass me. So I'm going to go with Upwork. Upwork has been having a decent year as they are up around 18%. Now, one area of concern is the fluctuations that they have that have occurred over the last year with them. But as we've seen in just about everything else, everything else is fluctuating. So sure, they came out ahead, but oh, what a ride it's been this past year. The stock is currently trading around $14 a share. So it might be time to add some Upwork to your portfolio. Back to you, I still George. hate those commercials. Oh, I don't like them either, but... Every one of them. Uh, so, NVIDIA, <laughs> you're... Your recommendation with NVIDIA is buy high? Yes. <laughs> All right. Me, me, wait, uh, you mean buy while high? Is that right, what you mean? yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, buy while <laughs> right. high. <laughs> right. No, that, uh, yeah, good luck. Well, hopefully they keep gr growing. Um, if not, good for me. <laughs> for my picks, Lumen Technologies CEO Kate Johnson purchased 1 million shares of the company stock from nearly $1 million as the share price dipped into penny stock territory. Johnson, a former Microsoft and General Electric executive, believes investors overreacted to the company's complicated third quarter report and restructuring plan. Lumen Technologies, formerly known as CenturyLink, has seen its stock lose approximately 90% of its value over the past two years due to various factors, including the company's divided elimination and restructuring efforts. I like a CEO who's willing to throw a million dollars of her own money yeah. into you know betting on herself. So I'm, I'm all for it. My next pick is Affirm Holdings, reported uh, better than expected earnings for its fiscal first quarter, with a net loss of $171.8 million, or $0.57 cents a share, compared to a loss of $251.3 million, or $0.86 cents a share, in the same period last year. The company's revenue rose to $497 million from $362 million, beating expectations of $444 million. A firm also noted strong demand from its enterprise platform partners and anticipates $495 million to $520 million in revenue for the December quarter. I hate this company. Um, I think they deserve to be bleeding money with their stupid business model, but I think <laughs> money is to be had. Okay. All right. So your theory is that even though it's lost, what, um, $251 million or $0.86 cents a share and $0.57 cents a share previously that it's going to come back? No, I don't think it's going to come back. I, I think they put a tourniquet on. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're going to bleed out eventually, but they're they're bleeding out less. I think the stock price is going to go up, and I'm going to make money on it. Okay. All right. We'll see you there, tough guy. <laughs> And uh, lastly, Ram, Ramico Resources, former Wall Street banker Randall Atkins, who purchased an old coal mine in Wyoming 12 years ago, has discovered that the mine contains what might be the largest unconventional rare earth deposit in the U.S., worth around $37 billion at current market prices. 
Rare earth elements are in high demand for various uses, including electric vehicles and offshore wind turbines. Atkins company Ramica Resources is now embarking on a mine-to-magnets strategy to mine and process rare earth elements for green energy applications, including electric vehicles and wind turbines. So, my picks are, again, Lumen Technologies, Affirm Holdings, and Ramico Resources. Why do you get three? You can have as many as you want. <laughs> I can have as many as I want. my money okay. into this week. So, we're talking rare metals here. Is it like um, like lithium and palladium and those kinds of things, like for, for um, like charging stations and stuff and, and all that kind of cool stuff? Some of it, to be honest. I don't even think they know what they have I, I think they're just going oh wow they're and they just they're more than coal they're more than coal in them their hills <laughs> there's palladium in them there <laughs> right what was the what was the thing in avatar what was that oh i don't I even what remember i just know the simpsons knockoff it was hilarium you know, crusty the clown was trying to look for <laughs> hilarium that's the only thing that sticks in my head hey, give me that cheddar <laughs> yeah so um yeah only thing i'm seeing is that um you uh us i'm trying to reread this article again real quick while we're going on it but i'm not seeing if they know exactly what is in it um i think that they are just under the impression now that there is more than coal there 37 billion in the largest unconventional rare earth deposit that's amazing yeah, I know you like uh, anything that comes out of the ground from oil to minerals, so I, I figured you'd uh, you'd be getting excited on this one. You know. <laughs> All right, anything else that you want to go over uh, before I, we move on? I think we're ready to move. Moving and grooving. Thank you for joining us on Stock Gamblers. Stock Gamblers is hosted, written, and produced by Chris Carbonara and George Howell. Special thanks to our Patreon supporters like Don Rion. You make the show possible. To write us, you can email us at stockgamblersshow at gmail.com. You can find out more information about our show at stockgamblers.net including where you can subscribe to our podcast and where you can provide a one-time donation. If you find value in our show, please consider joining our Patreon for just five bucks a month, just $5 a month, a cup of coffee for each of us. You can help support us and gain access to our bonus content, as well as test your stock skills by playing against us in our virtual stock market exchange. Thanks for listening and keep gambling. This has been a Winning Moon production.